It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It is another week closer to the NBA draft. Still don't know when the the main players are going to make their way to Orlando, although interviews have indeed started. But I want to make sure that we're nipping any arguments in the bud. It's time to talk about how we talk to each other about the number one pick. Hope everyone had a relaxing and reflective Memorial Day. It's time for a Tuesday edition of Locked On Magic. Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic today is May 31st, 2022, and in May, wow. Uh, my name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, I want to chat a little bit about how we talk to each other about the number one pick. This is a very unique draft in that there are three players very capable of taking the number one pick. I just want to talk a little bit about how we discuss these picks and, and really what they each mean for the Magic moving forward and why it isn't necessarily important who the Magic take and more about the philosophy that they use to take them. I also want to talk a little bit about uh, a playoff lesson that I think is really important for the Orlando Magic from the Atlanta Hawks. Plus, we'll do a draft profile, talk a little bit about second about Colorado State's David Roddy um, as the Magic will have two picks in the second round as well. We're going to talk some offseason as well as we get closer and closer and closer to free agency on the horizon. But before we do any of that, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, no matter when, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA, no, ma- no matter who you want to cheer for. Plus, check out Locked On Lightning to get yourself ready for the Tampa Bay Lightning's Eastern Conference Final Series against the dreaded New York Rangers. No matter what your team is, there's a Locked On podcast. You just check it out wherever you download podcasts. Search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Now, look, obviously the number one pick brings with it a lot of pressure. Um, so what I'm about to say is not necessarily to take... Jeff Waltman off the hook for his decisions. We let's let's view Jeff Waltman's decisions with hindsight, not with foresight. Because as we're sitting here today, there is a good argument for all three players that the Magic are picking from here for the first overall pick. There is a good argument for everyone. It does not matter who you favor right now. I change hourly. I, I tell people this. I literally change my pick hourly. I bounce from Paolo Bancaro in the pre-draft, pre-lottery process to Jabari Smith to Chet Holmgren back to Paolo to Jabari to Chet to Jabari to Chet and, and, and so on and so on and so on and so on. A lot of the conversations that I've had with Magic fans 
have spoken about this excitement, have spoken about this this choice, but also some nervousness about it too. Some trepidation when it comes to what the Magic are going to do and how they make the right decision. Perhaps even some fear that the Magic won't make the right decision. And usually there's enough Magic fans in these conversations to come back and say, hey, look, Jeff Weltman's done a good job. We trust him right now. But honestly, I can't blame Magic fans for being a little gun shy. Um, they've had, you know, they haven't had the promise necessarily of the first overall pick of this top pick. But by the same token, too, there's been a lot of empty promises and there's been a lot of doubt. Um, the Magic have had good draft picks and have been unable to kind of take the step that everyone anticipates they can make. And let me be clear with this too, as good as this first overall pick is, it's no guarantee for success. Um, there are other things that have to happen for this Magic team to take the next step. It, 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 there is this palpable nervousness. I, I remember before the lottery, a lot of people came up to me and said, I'd rather have the second pick. I'd rather have the third pick so I don't have to make this choice. But like I said on lottery night, this choice is power. This choice is exactly what you want. As Jeff Waltman said, I think he said this after the lottery, you play for the privilege of pressure. You want this pressure to make the right pick. It tests your draft strategy, your draft process. It it tests your whole organization to make sure you come out with the right guy. Because at the end of the day, the Magic have three really good decisions. They have three really good choices here. And so I can't sit here and say that Orlando's in a bad spot. I I honestly cannot sit here and say that Orlando can make a wrong decision. I might have my preference. I might have who I would pick, but obviously uh, I don't necessarily have the information that Jeff Waltman and his staff will have, but there is a good case for all three. We've made that case previously on a podcast. We'll touch on that here. But what's really, really important is that the Magic don't make a decision out of fear of making a mistake. Personally, to me, they can't make a mistake here. There is only There are only good decisions. This isn't a take the best player over fit or take a fit over the best player because, you know, your team doesn't need that. A, the Magic need everything. But B, every player at the top of this draft not only fits the Magic's roster, but will make them better. The question, of course, and the ultimate judge is, will they make them better to the point of making the playoffs, of advancing past the first round, of winning a championship? And that might be how Jeff Weltman's ultimately proved. A lot of Jeff Weltman's tenures, executive of the Orlando Magic, is pinned to this traffic. That's both fair and unfair. So I've started to see this a little bit with some people who are not sold on one player or really want one player. And by all means, advocate for your guy. By all means, say, this is who I think the Magic should pick. But don't say someone is ludicrous or or not smart to take the other guy. You may have your doubts about Chet Holmgren and his size. We talked a lot about him on Friday's episode of Locked on Magic. Um, You may have doubts about Jabari Smith's creation ability or whether Paolo Bancaro can truly stretch his game out to the three-point line at the NBA level. 
You may have those doubts, and all those doubts are fair. It's fair to bring those points up. But it's also fair to to say that the magic can do no wrong. For as many as negatives as there are to all these players, there's a lot of positives. And like I said on lottery night, what this draft pick really means is the magic can really shape the team they want to be. Like I said, this is the power that they have. The Magic are not really asking a question about which prospect is necessarily the best for them. The Magic are really asking a question of what kind of team do they want to be? What kind of team are the Magic ultimately trying to build? Because this player is a centerpiece of that. If you draft Chet Holmgren, you're obviously getting a a game-changing defensive center and and perhaps a a perimeter-warping offensive player with his height and his size and his fluidity and his athleticism um, as a player. As a lot of people are, as a lot of his supporters are starting to note, what Chet Holmgren did at Gonzaga was really only a fraction of what he showed in high school. Um, it there it does feel like there is more to Chet Holmgren's game that we didn't see, but the questions about his size and his durability are fair questions to ask. Maybe the Magic want to be a versatile defensive team, and so adding Jabari Smith and his ability to switch, guard essentially one through four on the perimeter. Um, His knockdown three-point shooting will be a big boost to this team immediately with the belief that, yes, he can become a better on-the-ball player, that he can grow into being a a clearer star for for a team like Orlando. Or maybe you do prefer kind of the traditional give-the-ball to the to a guy and let him get twenty type player like Paolo Bancaro. If that's the kind of ma- player the Magic want to center their offense around with the great defensive pieces they have already, Paolo Bancaro is ready to step right in. The question then with him is, can he give you a little bit more defensively, and can he be a a bigger impact player beyond his scoring? Like I said, there's a good argument for all three of these players. And it's really not necessarily about the player that you want. It's about the team that you want. The reason why in my latest mock draft I had Jabari Smith as the Magic's pick after picking Paolo Bancaro at the top of my board for a long time, it's because the Magic love these versatile switching players. They need the shooting. And so I lean toward Jabari, which is the conventional thinking. And Jabari Smith is 19 years old. He showed some ability to get his own shot. I don't think he'll be able to kind of step in and do it right away, but he's got the capability. And, and if the Magic can develop that out of him, can coax that out of him, if it was, you know, again, Auburn it was a weird situation. We will talk more about Jabari Smith later on in the week, possibly even tomorrow. Um, there, I, I think he can get there, but... You can convince me on all three of these guys. So, to the Magic fans out there who really like one guy over another, 
great. I like that guy too. But let's remember this opportunity the Magic have. And that, for the first time in a long time, it really does not feel like the Magic can make a bad decision here. Now, obviously, what they do next, what they do after that, will matter too. But it does not feel like the Magic can do wrong with the number one pick. That is extremely powerful, but it's also important to remember that this is still about growth and development. We'll talk about a a team where growth and development went kind of wrong this year and what that tells us for the Orlando Magic. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Prize Picks. Okay, NBA fans, it is NBA Finals time. There are fewer daily fantasy options for you now, but if you want to get in on the action for the NBA Finals and you got to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this game. I pl- I, I'm trying to get back into playing it more often. Um, run a ton. Uh, it's a fun game to play, and we know you're going to love it too. Here's how you play. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries really can be made in just 60 seconds. Prize Picks offers fast withdrawals. My last entry, this is this was fun. My last entry I did Sunday, I did a, a pick four. I picked Natasha Cloud of the, uh, I think she's on the Atlanta Dream, um, uh, over 10 and a half, over 10 and a half points. I picked Al Horford, over 10 and a half points. I picked, I think it was a trio of New York Yankees hitters to hit less than under half a home run. And I got a free play, Jason Tatum, over half a point. I thought I was in really good shape even with Natasha Cloud not hitting me over like I thought she would. Al Horford didn't come through for me. But if I'd just gotten Al Horford to hit, I would have won my money back and a little bit more. If I would have gotten all four, I would have won 10 times my amount. It's really that easy. It's a fun way to stay involved in the action. And like I said, like I just exampled there, you can do it over multiple sports too. It's a great time. For a limited time, Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player... In your first prize picks, entry scores a single point. But you have to use the pro- promo code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA for $50 for free if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft, Mock Draft, Player Rankings, and of course, Big Boards. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Of course, you should be listening to that every chance you get at this point. That's obviously um, a, a big, 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 big thing. Um, for, for Magic fans, of course. And of course, we had Richard Stamen on the show on Friday if you want to go back and listen to that as well. 
So I, I'm I'm still going through things here. I'm still trying to get back to our playoff lessons, trying to keep take a global scope of the season. We're, we're, we talk plenty draft. There's gonna be plenty to say about the NBA draft here, uh, but I also want to make sure that we get uh, get our looks in here at some of the big goings on around the NBA and and a team that I have always had kind of a special interest and a keen eye on is the Atlanta Hawks. They're not only a division rival. They not only have perhaps a player that a lot of Magic fans thought they would get, a player that even I think Trey Young has said he thought would end up in Orlando with, um, and that that's obviously Trey Young, uh, and and that's obviously the Atlanta Hawks. Um, the Atlanta Hawks are a really interesting model uh, for a rebuilding team. Uh, obviously, they had the the third pick in a loaded NBA draft and one of the best NBA drafts in a long, long time. Um, and obviously, luck plays a little bit of a role in that in figuring out when uh, when you're going to pick and ultimately uh, um, what you're going to do there. Uh, but um, the Hawks felt like they were on this crazy uphill tra- uh, upward trajectory. They made the Eastern Conference Finals in 2020 and 2021. Um, and while I think we all thought that that was maybe a little bit overachieving, the Hawks were still a very trendy pick to be a very good team this year. So what do we make of a team that played so well, that does so many good things, and then suddenly falls off? A team that still feels very, very young. A team that still feels like they're on the rise. That still feels like they're climbing the ladder. What do we do with a team that underperforms in that way? That's the big question that the Atlanta Hawks face right now. That's the big question uh, for a team like Atlanta because they didn't accomplish the goals that they set out to do. And it's going to happen with every team. You look at every single team in the league. They've had seasons on their way to winning and winning big or eventually falling off where they didn't quite meet expectations, where they have to kind of reconfigure and, and determine what is our best path forward. I, I know I say this a lot, but the Atlanta Hawks are truly a, a lesson that progress is not necessarily linear. Progress does not necessarily happen in clear, definable steps. Let's take this rebuild, for example. And, and, and UC Atlanta Hawks is a good example of it. In a rebuild, essentially the idea is that you hit these benchmarks on your way back up to the top. You tear everything down, obviously, and start over. You go to the draft. You find your star in the draft. Kind of starts your clock. You get eight years to build with them then. You slow, you know, maybe you go back for a second draft, but you slowly start to build the pieces until you get into the playoffs. The, you know, again, like the Atlanta Hawks made their playoff debut last year, obviously, but we'll we'll use the Magic again as an example. Think about when the Magic drafted Dwight Howard. They drafted Dwight Howard. They had C. Francis. Maybe they thought they could be a playoff team that first year, but they just missed the playoffs. They missed. They just missed the playoffs for two years after drafting Dwight Howard. Then they get into the playoffs as an eight seed. The next year, they add a big free agent. They add some veteran talent to their team. They get a they take get on get a new coach. 
they climb to the three seed. They win the division. They get out of the first round for the first time in, in a dozen years. And then they have the big burst of the finals. Then the conference finals. Now they're contending. And that conference finals step back. You know, again, how the Magic, how Otis Smith and that Magic team responded to stepping back in the tw- in the 2011 season is really telling. And ultimately, that panic is what ended that championship window, what closed that championship window. The Atlanta Hawks are very much kind of in that space that the the twenty that the 2011 and 2012 Magic were in. And the Magic lost the Atlanta Hawks in the first round, and then lost the Indiana Pacers in the first round the following year. And, and of course, everything collapsed then. The Hawks climbed that ladder, step by step, rung by rung. They drafted Trey Young. They drafted John Collins. They drafted DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter. They had a lot of nice draft picks. They pushed some chips into the middle of the table to acquire Clint Capella, giving Trey Young a good running mate, a good screener. But they really felt like, hey, Trey Young is something really special. We need to push for the playoffs. They pushed their chips in the middle. They got Danilo Gallinari. They went after Bogdan Bogdanovich. They added good veteran players to help them get to the playoffs, and it worked. They got to the playoffs. They beat the New York Knicks. They upset the Philadelphia 76ers. They looked like they were a force to be reckoned with. But now the Hawks are kind of figuring out what to do. Obviously, Cam Reddish didn't become what they thought he would be. John Collins was injured for most of the season. They paid him a ton of money. Danilo Gallinari looked kind of old this year. And there wasn't enough support for Trey Young in the end. Now the Hawks have to figure out and reconfigure how do we take the step forward? How do we make this team better? How do we get back to the progress we thought was promised, that we thought we could get. That's the big question now for the Atlanta Hawks. They hit a wall. Danilo Gallinari probably ain't getting better. Uh, Clint Capella really looked like he took a step back significantly. Their bench was a little bit depleted. The Hawks are a great example of how young teams don't always go inexorably forward. How there's always a challenge. How there's always something new the team's got to do or the team's got to accomplish to take that next step. It's not easy to make progress. It's not easy to keep pushing forward, to keep moving forward. It's not an easy thing to do. But how you respond and how the Hawks respond in a moment like this is going to be really fascinating to watch. Now the Magic, of course, they're at this beginning stage. They had a really nice year last year in terms of player development and culture building. But there's progress that wasn't linear there too. We all like Chuma Okiki a ton, but Chuma had a rough year. His shooting just never got straightened out. Cole Anthony, after his first month of the season, really came back down to earth and struggled. There is, of course, a lot more for this Magic team to do and a lot more growth this Magic team is going to have to make. But inevitably, there are going to be questions or there's going to be guys that don't quite play the way we expect them to. And the Magic at that time are going to have to ask themselves the question, do we give up on this young player? Or do we stick with him? We trust that this is just a blip and we keep pushing forward. It's the same question that Atlanta is asking about their team right now. 
How much change do we really need to make? What is our mean? What is our median? Which team are we really? Progress is not linear. You can take a step back and still get better. And that's, of course, a huge question that every front office has to answer at some point, especially with a young team like Orlando's. It's a difficult question to continue asking. We're going to start diving into some second-round prospects. I'm going to talk a little bit about David Roddy coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you can need, from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So like I said... We obviously know who the three guys at the very, very top of this draft are. We're going to talk plenty more about Jabari Smith Jr., Paolo Bancaro, Chet Holmgren over the next four weeks. Um, We'll obviously get get some thoughts from experts on them. We'll be talking a little bit more about Jabari Smith later on in the week as well. Um, We're going to get plenty, 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 plenty more on those top guys. But the Magic also have the 32nd and 35th picks in the draft to play with. Um, they've got two second-round picks, and while, again, Orlando doesn't typically use second-round picks that much or necessarily that effectively, um, they still have this incredible opportunity to add more quality players to their roster. They have, um, obviously... Uh, uh, two very high-level second-round picks. And, and again, I, I've kind of surmised that they might try and move up into the first round, try and package them, maybe try and add Terrence Ross to that deal uh, to try and get back into the first round and get someone that they want. Um, you know, again, if you go back and listen to our episode on Friday uh, with Richard Stamen, um, it's it, it's definitely not a great back end of the first round. Um, you know, I'm, I'm finding it hard-pressed to find the guys that, I really like or, or that I would want the Magic to trade up and get. So it's it, it's definitely not 
the greatest draft class here. But there are a few guys that are interesting, and I want to talk about a really interesting player today. Uh, that is Colorado State's David Roddy. David Roddy is a six foot six. He measured at the combine at let me, at six foot six, two hundred sixty one pounds. He is a big, big body. You know, very much reminds me a little bit of kind of a modern Corliss Williamson, um, former Magic assistant coach, of course. Um, just a kind of a big body, a little bit, a little bit of a bruiser. Not afraid to take smaller players down on the block. It started to really develop a face-up game. Can hit a little bit from the outside. He shot uh, better than forty percent, I believe, from three last year. Um, certainly, just a huge improvement from him. Great line drive at the basket. Um, he is not the greatest leaper. He's not the most athletic guy, but you get him running. He knows how to use his body. He can get into the lane. He can get to the basket. Um, you know, again, just as long as he doesn't have to kind of change direction um, and finish at the rim. It's, it, he's a really impressive player. He's obviously just a big dude. Um, and he's really, to me, he's a forward kind of stuck in a guard's body. And, and you know, the NBA Draft Combine listed him as a power forward. That's probably where he plays best. Magic love their kind of positional switching power forwards. And, and, and I think that's kind of the big question for him. But Roddy's a unique prospect because of the, that body dimension. Um, he is... A big dude, uh, you know. Again, you watch his tape. He is just a big, big, big dude, um, and and he knows how to use his body. He's not like he's not slow by any means. There's some lateral quickness issues for sure. If he's going to guard guys on the perimeter, he's got to become a more consistent three point shooter if he wants to 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 be the, to be a three point shooter. But for a guy his size, if they can get him to play the three, if they can get him to 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 defend on the perimeter decently. This is a guy that does have NBA potential. Now, granted, that's a big, big ask. He wasn't asked to do that in college. He was a four in college. Um, his three-point shot took a big spike this year, but his free throw percentage was under 70%. He was about a 72 73% free throw shooter in college, which does raise a little bit of concern about what he can ultimately do at the collegiate or at the NBA level. Most NBA scouts, you're going to hear me say this a million times, um, most NBA scouts... T- think that free throw percentage is a better indicator of shooting ability than three-point percentage, um, especially at the college level because that line does move back when you get to the NBA. The Magic, obviously, are kind of loaded at forward. If the Magic are going to draft a forward at the top of the draft, they don't need one later in the draft. So, you know, the Magic interviewed David Roddy. I I believe they interviewed him at the Combine, and I know I believe he's scheduled for workout in Orlando as well. Don't quote me on that. Um, So it's definitely a player and the kind of player the Magic are interested in. They love versatile guys. They love guys that will get after it, that that know how to use their body, that know how to be um, kind of a a, a a big guy. And you look, he had a really good year last year. 19.2 points per game, 7.5 rebounds per game, 43.8% from beyond the arc on 3.4 uh, three-point attempts per game. All-Mountain West Conference team player for the second year, Mountain West Conference player of the year. This is a good player. The question is, what is his fit in the NBA? And again, what's his fit with the Magic? The Magic have a lot of these kind of switchable three fours, a lot of these switchable forwards. Roddy would be the most undersized of the ones they, they they would grab if that was the direction they wanted to go. So I don't think he's necessarily on the Magic's on the Magic. I think he's on the Magic's radar, but I don't necessarily think he is the guy that the Magic would take with one of these second round picks. But I think he's definitely on the board. I think he's an interesting player. You're looking for unique players, and so. If he adds that three-point shot, he suddenly becomes a really unique player. It's just a, a big-bodied wing that you can throw out there and maybe cause a little havoc defensively. Um, just watching him play, he does remind me a little bit of Corliss Williamson. 
Williamson was an undersized power forward in a league of bigger power forwards. Just kind of held his own with some hustle. They called him Big Nasty for a reason. Um, never really developed the three point shot. That it, you know that was something that would probably have come if he if he came around in today's in today's basketball climate. Um, but just a really tough dude. Just played bigger than his size and was just a really good defender. And so you know again, Roddy I think can be a guy who contributes. I think he's a late first, early second round pick, maybe mid second round pick at the latest. Um, someone's going to get a really interesting prospect in him. Just someone to to kind of keep. And I am. We're going to go through plenty more second round draft, second round prospects, and consider some of the draft uh, and trade options for the Orlando Magic here here throughout the course of the next few weeks. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. You of course follow me on Twitter at Philip R underscore MD. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done with us, go make Locked On NBA your second listen of the day from the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with inside analysis from all 30 teams. Definitely check it out as we get you ready for the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors and the NBA Finals. I'll make my pick and give you my analysis of that series on Wednesday's episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic, Daily Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Boston Wright. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.